0: Okay, no sooner did I start pressing record than the rains came. But hey, we're gonna push on through. You're getting the little chatter I do to myself just to test the microphone volumes, you're getting that now, so everything seems good. There's a ticking clock in the background. I finally put batteries in the clock after about a year of about a year of being here, so I guess that's progress. But hi, hello, welcome to Fake Doctor's Real Friends. No, that's my favourite podcast that I just listened to. Welcome to Stephen Runs Vegan. That's my podcast. It's my labor of love. Certainly, it's sometimes there's more work than I realize, but that may lead you to my own lack of forward planning and such things. But getting it done every Thursday, every week for a few months now, I think we're nearing episode thirty. Which, when I started this whole thing, I wanted to, I declared to myself and to the world that I would make at least ten. That's done. So now, I don't know, 50, 100, let's see. I'm enjoying it. It's a, it's a great experience. But thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying it too. I do get some messages from friends and from some people that I, I might know through other people, but don't really know well, and they're telling me they're listening. So that's awesome. Uh, and for all the feedback, positive, negative, tell me, people telling me the types of shows that they like, what the, the subjects that they want to hear. And it's all wonderful, guys. This is content creation it's it's not something i've ever done before with any degree of uh, discipline or regularity so this is really cool and again my friend matt told me that he wants his kids to be content creators not consumers and that he threw it he threw it in as a castaway line and it really stuck with me that i've really never been a content creator i shouldn't click my fingers as i record a podcast i'd never been a content creator and It's consuming. It's just that's the default for me. That's what you do. You watch YouTube videos. You listen to podcasts. You watch movies. You laugh at memes. You don't. It. It's never been in my mind that the priority should be on creation, the quality. That's up to you to decide. But I'm putting my voice out into the world, and damn proud of it. To be honest. But thank you for joining me today. As I said, really cool that you're here tis the season or as swifties such as myself would say tis the damn season yeah swifties are the taylor swift fan club that's what we call ourselves and i'm very much a signed member now she's dropped another album another surprise album that's how i got into her in the first place i've loved bonnie bear for many years he's a great musician and i heard that bonnie bear had done a a track with taylor swift taylor swift was just a pop star that you hear on the radio sometimes and bonnie bear was this beautiful, indie, singer-songwriter-producer-genius. The two worlds didn't seem to overlap, but that's why I'm cave, as we would say. Bonnie Bear is good friends with the guy, Jack Antonov, who is a national, one of the great bands in the national, Jack Antonov, sorry, produced Taylor Swift's album, her latest release, the vocal folklore, party of the club, bouncing around. Jack Antonov produced Taylor Swift's surprise lockdown album, Folklore. Side note, I listened to the editing, Stackhouse did not do the record. Aaron Dessner did. Aaron Destiner is Bonnie Bear's friend. So that's it, back to the rest. And he was friends with Bonnie Bear and he thought Bonnie Bear, Justin Vernon, the guy who made would work really well on one of the songs. And it's beautiful. And I, I had my own ignorance of Taylor Swift recently. he was a pop star with some radio songs and really you know, trashy stuff, but. She's songwriter, she's a producer, lyricist, uh, multi-instrumentalist, she plays so much music. And of course, I'm a fan now, so this just sounds like gushing about one of my favourite artists. Yeah, to her credit, how many pop stars stay in the top of the game for over a decade and produce a lot of their own stuff, it's quite remarkable. She's done and done it again. There was some, uh, what do you call it, the, like, the team involved with making folklore her first surprise album of this year it did really well and they said they wanted to keep writing they had, more players, they had more ideas and the music just kept coming and another surprise album has dropped it's called evermore and it's really nice i think i prefer folklore still maybe that's just because it was my first love you know like your first kiss, one of those sorts of biases, biases bias what's the plural of bias you know what i mean but yeah, it's beautiful. Really uh, nice album. A lot of different varieties. Haim are on there. The National are much more heavily involved. There's a song where Marcus Mumford provides backing vocals. Bonnie Vare is there again. Am I missing anyone? Maybe. But it's it's such a contribute contributory. I can't get my words out today. It's such a collaborative album. There's many people involved, and you can really hear it. And but of course Taylor Swift brings it all together. Her range of vocals. Her passion her storytelling her songwriting is just phenomenal I hear, I hear the songs and they're really good but then i look at the lyrics and i re- repeat and you know the songs develop over time and the true meaning becomes clear and it's just wow like there's so much in there it's wonderful but i'm, I'm not here to gush about taylor swift i am here to talk about christmas as i said tis the damn season that's one of the songs on the latest album evermore And it is the season to be jolly, whether you're Christian or whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Eid, 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 the the Muslim festival, sorry I can't pronounce it very well, but Eid Mubarak. Regardless of your celebrations, or none at all, I myself am an atheist, but I was born and raised Catholic and my family are all of that background, at, at least to some level of belief or not. But it's Christmas time, the lights are up, the songs are on, there's beautiful sweet treats everywhere and everybody's in the spirit and okay this year it's a little bit different it's uh i guess it's really making us uh, cherish the the joys of christmas and what what's important about it i wanted to talk about how i would think christmas should be done and this might sound a little bit preachy it's not my decision but the way i thought of it was i wanted to talk about a green christmas instead of a white christmas you know the classic song dreaming of a White Christmas." That would be lovely, of course, but I want to talk about a green Christmas, and by that I mean green as in vegetarian, vegan, that kind of plant-based Christmas, but also just environmental green as in wholesome to me. It's just a nice, what's the phrase? A healthy, earthy, cosy, um, down-to-earth, yeah, I, I I can't think of the exact word, but I hope you get the feeling I'm trying to convey And I think there's a few good ways of doing that this year. Right, here we go. I wanted to talk to you about what I consider green Christmas, as in the good, wholesome ways to celebrate Christmas in the most positive way for yourself, for everyone around you and for the world at large. And I I had a few tips and a few tricks and a few things that I think people should hear about if they don't already know. And of course, one of the big things about Christmas, one of the main things in our culture is presents, gift giving, buying and receiving. And that's a lovely gesture, of course, and it's one of the highlights. Certainly every kid looks forward to what Santa is going to bring them on Christmas morning, and I don't want to detract from any of that. One of the things we should focus on this year more than ever is shopping local and that's not just for gifts but also for food so support your local businesses certainly the netherlands has just gone into a second lockdown a strict lockdown back the way things were in april may june when you know almost it's it's everything non-essential has been shut the streets are empty it's it's a horrible situation so as a result one of the great things i love about the town i live in in harlem is there's so many independent boutiques and cafes and bakeries and breweries fashion outlets and all these wonderful unique places which you you can't find anywhere else in the world yeah you can go you can go to japan america south africa ireland and you'll find a starbucks you cannot find some of the coffee places in harlem anywhere else in the world and one of the other podcasts that i listen to is called 10 junk miles a running podcast but the 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 host of 10 junk miles had a great phrase he said support the places that you want to see on the other side so the the places that you want to exist after this is all over need your support now and in some cases, I've been buying gifts or buying things, spending money just to give them my money and give them my custom as as much or if not more than the product or the service I receive. Another great thing I heard about the benefits of buying small, buying local, buying independent is that if you get your Christmas presents in from Amazon, no, I don't want to make this an Amazon thing. If you get it from any big chain store in reality or from some corporate website, you're funding, okay, let's stick with Amazon. You're giving Jeff Bezos another few euro to put onto him already being the richest man in the world. But if you buy something local, say, for example, one of my favorite shops in Harlem is there is a, there's a tea store. They they sell tea, fresh varieties of teas and coffees. They also do like oils, vinegars, you know, these kind of craft artisan food products which are wonderful and such a cozy atmosphere but the man who runs it at i think he runs it the man i've spoken to when i'm in there dutch fella very nice very friendly but he found out i was irish and he told me all about his association to celtic culture to celtic mythology and beliefs and he knew a lot about the history and he had a, an affinity with ireland And it was wonderful. And I got to talk to this guy. The the point I'm getting to is the reason I love to know these things is that if when I give him my money, sure, I'm paying to, you know, to keep the electricity running in the shop and, you know, to pay his staff and all that. But I'm paying, if he has kids, I'm paying for them to go to ballet practice or for their holiday next summer if they can travel or supporting him in, how do I say it? These, the profits that you see are not just getting lost in some giant company, they're They're for him, they're for his family, they're for the area. I would rather give my money to see, to make sure his little boy gets piano lessons than to make sure some middle management corporate, whatever, gets a fat bonus and you don't see the results of anything. It's not tangible. It just goes into some statistics for whatever. Like I'm I'm butchering this, as you can clearly see, but just go local, you know, give to the people that give back to the community. Support the things that you want to see surviving this horrible year and coming out the other side. I think that's the best summary I can give. I won't blur the lines. There are wonderful people who have wonderful small businesses out there that are really struggling at the moment and you should support them. And that's not only for gifts, but also for food. A lot of the Christmas, the joys of Christmas are the festivities. We can't have big Christmas parties anymore, but amongst your family or your small group or however you choose to celebrate this season there will be if it's anything like how i celebrate christmas with my family a big christmas dinner and you know you're eating and drinking a little bit more you're enjoying the finer things the weather's the weather's bad outside and you you have some mulled wine or some hot whiskey or some comfort foods that kind of thing everybody stocks up a little bit so get your food and drinks and all the things for the season Local as well support your local wine shop support your local off-license your local bakery as i said go to the small boutique store instead of the big supermarket because yes it's a bit more expensive but there's a reason for that because generally the quality is a lot better and the people who are running these places know a lot more and care more about their product and you're just going to get more for it you know it, it to me it's it's complete value for money when you think of what what how your money is getting distributed, what you're supporting, how the the, the products you're buying are sourced, mo- normally much more locally and much more ethically. And so, it's a, to me, it's a no brainer. Now, obviously, if you're short on money, if it's a hard time, you've lost your job. A lot of people are struggling this year. Don't listen to me. You're n- you're not gonna do, buy the, the 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 fancy bottle of wine if you are, you know, if you if, pri- if your priority is feeding your family or something like that. That's of course but when you can if you've got the if you if you have the means to do so i would say go local and i'm going to talk a bit more about it later but it's also a much better thing for the environment of course and for the for humanity for the animals this is a vegan podcast after all i'm going to get onto that bit later on in this podcast long story short support the people in your area and the companies and the campaigns and the causes and the services that you want to continue and they won't without your support not even financial if you can't stretch to spend a lot of money you can support them with recommendations review them on google share them on your instagram account tell your friends if someone's looking for ideas tell them to go to this place there's a for example last christmas i was in dublin and there was a beautiful independent makers store in the grafton street arcade no the georgia street arcade the georgia street market i forget the name of it now but it was full of local products made by irish artists irish creators irish craftspeople. people and most of it there was not really to my taste or to things that i would buy for myself but i knew so many friends and family who would love to go in and would find the perfect thing and you're supporting local culture you're supporting local crafts And so I didn't spend much of my money in there, but I'm sure I would like to think my spreading the word about them got other people in the door and contributed to the success of this store. So spread the love, share the word, ideally spend your money in there if you can't make sure other people do, basically. Speaking about gifts, the type of gifts you buy are also great. I was very clear to my family that because I, in previous years, I've had to travel back to Ireland for Christmas whether it's for a week or a few days or whatever I can get even last year it wasn't even Christmas it was a week beforehand which was the only time I could get off work but I only traveled with a carry-on suitcase and it was pretty full of clothing and just, just the basics so I didn't really have the space for stuff and I didn't want that anyway that's just kind of my preference I don't some people say, "Oh, you have to just you have to open something on Christmas morning." And okay, I get that, but what you open? But I would hate to think people want to buy me something for the sake of it. You know that last minute rush around the shops. Oh, I need to get a present for him. Uh, what'll uh, I'll buy this? This looks fun. From a box of gift ideas that a, a large supermarket just recommends gifts for him, and I get the same thing as a thousand other people get for Christmas, and it means nothing personal. No, I don't buy don't buy stuff for the sake of it. I'm sure anyone you know and love in your life would much rather something handmade, of course, something personal. I would think a great idea would be writing a Christmas card with a, a handwritten letter inside. Tell them how you feel about them. Tell them uh, write a poem, write a story, write uh, share your feelings. Do something crafty. If you're more creative, if you're more artsy, paint a picture, you know, whatever the thing is that comes to mind when I'm talking like this, whatever your creative gift is, put that towards a gift for someone. And that is far better than perfume or a fancy box of toiletries or I I don't know, whatever the thing is, people just tend to buy last minute. And of course, I, I dwell on the last minute because that's generally how I plan things, not just for Christmas gifts, but in general. For those of you who are more well-planned, it's a bit late to be talking about Christmas gifts now because I'm releasing this the week beforehand. December se- I'm recording and releasing this on December 17th, so I hope you have it all done by now, or on the way at least. But in general, for birthdays, for next Christmas, for in general, another good phrase I've heard is to give experiences over things. So give positive gifts. Give gifts that people are going to cherish or they will get some benefit out of rather than just a, a thing that takes up space in their house that gets thrown into some junk closet a month later and forgotten about. Examples of this are things for exercise. So if you're going to buy someone a gift, buy them buy them something that's going to be be like fit and healthy whether it's a training plans or a Fitbit, you know the little exercise watch, some Handy thing for around the house. I always ask my family and people who are gifting me to give me running stuff because I just know I'm going to use it. I like to keep it simple when it comes to the the, the gear, the equipment, the the kit I have for running. But my brother Daniel bought me a, a bunch of running stuff two years ago, I believe, and a lot of that I still use now, and I wouldn't have bought otherwise. He got me this lovely running jacket, which is it's not waterproof, but it's you know a warm layer, and it fits perfectly. And it's not something I even thought I needed, but once I had it, it was great. So if you've got someone in your life who keeps paying lip service to the idea of getting fit and healthy and isn't really doing anything about it, maybe a gift from you can be the catalyst, can be that, right, now I've got this thing, I'm going to go and use it. Gym equipment, home gym equipment, uh, one of those um, bars to put up in the doorway, you know, the pull-up bars, that would be awesome. It doesn't have to be something fancy, I know Peloton is uh, the big trend craze these days a lot of people buying peloton bikes not really my thing but hey each to their own i know they they got in trouble or there was a lot of talk a year or two ago at christmas where a husband bought his wife a peloton bike and the whole marketing campaign backfired because a lot of people said they'd be offended if someone bought them that because it's like suggesting they need to lose weight or that the husband's not happy and kind of pushing the wife to do something so of course use your own judgment if if someone is not in the right place and if so you have to be careful with the meaning but i think you can tell if someone is going to receive it in the right way or not so if you're buying something for someone who's not expressing any interest whatsoever in fitness or exercise and you get them something it might look a bit obvious it might look a bit suggestive in the wrong way so you know use your own judgment there but going away from exercise one gift i got this year is a book about habit change and it's something i've heard recommended on several podcasts and it's it's been a bestseller for many years. But it's a it's for someone that I know will make use of it and get some really great things from it. So I, it's all about positivity and how to change little habits to get further along in your career, in your personal goals, in your fitness, in your health, in anything. Yeah. So positive books, cookbooks, um, books about mental health, about uh, self-improvement. A lot of these self improvement books can be a bit wishy washy and a bit vague. And every airport bookstore I know, because I spend so much time looking at books in airports, every has a stack of bestsellers which are all sort of vague self improvement books: how to get skinny fast, and how to be be happy, and meditation for beginners. All that stuff it can be a bit vague again. Like the idea of buying exercise equipment, you have to know your audience, of course, and kind of guide them in a way that they're already willing to go already. So so don't just buy them the big bestseller of uh, how to be happy. That's just so generic and nothing. But if you know someone who will really get something from a positive book, I think that would be a great idea. For example, a couple of years ago, I got my brother Daniel a... I think I just got him a voucher for something... I don't even remember I was a bit stuck for ideas I thought I know he'll love a voucher for this shop that I had in mind whatever it was Um, but when it came to wrapping the presents I didn't want to just give him a voucher it was a tiny little card and so I I put it in one of my old books that I hadn't read in years and it was Tim Ferriss' book The 4-Hour Work Week, which is all about productivity and changing your mentality and your outlook and your habits for better productivity and a really interesting read but he opened the present and he saw this book, which was secondhand when I bought it, and a bit tattered around the edges and had clearly been used. But he was so excited. Like, oh, he was, he'd was he read the, the, the cover and it was just completely unintentional. I just took one of my books that I wa- hadn't used, it just been sitting there, to put a voucher in it. He didn't even see the voucher at first and he was excited about the gift. And I told him uh, when I realised, oh yeah, keep the book, that was just a happy accident. I, I was giving him... The voucher, but he—it turned out to be something he really enjoyed. So, you can try to know your audience, but sometimes you can surprise them as well. So Books are always a good one, especially something that you think is going to incite positive change in someone, whether that's mental, physical health, cooking, nutrition, um, uh, meditation, whatever. Some something that you know will be a good thing for that person in your life. One of the other gifts that I really think is a great one these days, instead of buying stuff, buying one object thing with so much packaging and plastic and all that, is subscription services. So these days you can find a lot of uh, services where a company will have, think of an example, a coffee, for example. I found a, a coffee subscription service that I thought about getting a friend of mine who was really into his fancy coffees, where each month they would send you a new bag of beans that came with a little booklet and it would tell you all about the coffee, the origin, how to make it, what the the flavors, all that. And each month it would be something new and it was something that he would really enjoy. So think about the person in your life and think about what they are passionate about, whether it's food, whether it's sports, whether it's anything. There are quite a lot of subscription services there now where if they have a fixed address, and especially if they're working from home these days, that every month for a year or beyond, who knows, they will get a new version or a new thing through the door, through the letterbox to enjoy and it's the gift that keeps on giving so I really like the idea of subscription services if you know someone and if you find something that's really that you know this would really speak to them that seems like a great idea to me and as I said earlier I think generally just don't give gifts for the sake of it if you're if there's someone you know in your life who you want to express love or gratitude or care you can show it to them in so many other ways. Obviously, the thing of being a good friend, being a family, a good family member, calling them, showing them that you love them, is ideal, but that can be hard for different people for different reasons, fine. But certainly for me, I don't want to be the guy that someone's stressing about with their Christmas shopping. I don't want them to have to, oh, damn it, I need to get Stephen something. Well, what would he like? He's so hard to buy for. Fine, don't buy for me. If... <laughs> In that case, I'd rather you take that 10, 20 euro, whatever you're going to spend, and give it to a charity. And you can send me a card from that charity and say, this is where your money went, and I'll be delighted. If I knew that money that was going to be wasted on me just for the sake of it, because it was expected or there was pressure, and instead it was given to feed the homeless or for an animal shelter or something wonderfully worthy, far more worthy than I need, that would be perfect. And I think most people out there would be the same, especially if it's something that speaks to them so if you donate to an animal shelter on my behalf that is incredible I, I just i could think of nothing more worthy nothing more wonderful and nothing something that spreads the christmas spirit that everybody talks about in movies and music in the best ways and as i said with everything else especially this year if you can support those who are truly suffering i'm fine without getting a, a gift set without getting a a box of something just for the sake of unwrapping a christmas present there's far more worthy causes than that so in a bit of a summary of these wafty ideas that i'm kind of rambling through positive gifts gifts that you know are going to make a positive impact on someone's life even if it doesn't instantaneously do it it's a book that might go on their shelf for six months a year or so but they might come back to it when they're ready when they're ready to make that change in their life and they have the support and they know you're on their side you could be associated with someone who is there as a good friend rather than a toxic friend or family member who's ready to support you when you make the change of quitting smoking, losing weight if you choose to do so, becoming fit, trying a new project, learning a new hobby, whatever that positive change is. Isn't it nice to be associated as the guy, as the person who kick-started that or at least planted the seed that sprouted later? Ah, my tea is going cold. I went on a bit of a rant, I think. But certainly the last thing I want to talk about, which I mentioned earlier, is veganism and why that is so good around Christmas time. For those of you who are not vegan or you've heard me say the word, and think, oh God, not again. Well, it, you know, you've seen the name of the podcast, you probably know me, you know what I'm like. But I don't want to get too high and mighty about it. I, veganism benefits the earth and the animals and all that, of course, you know that and the different people have different feelings. That's fine. park all of that, but I want a special mention for family at this time of year. So I'm vegan, and I have been for five years. I've been vegetarian for ten years. I have a family of six, and when I went vegetarian, I was certainly the only one. I wasn't born and raised that way. My parents were supportive. My brothers, you know, made the typical jokes that some people do, but uh, I was certainly encouraged, or I was not discouraged from going vegetarian. And when it came time for Christmas. And of course, we have a big Christmas dinner. That's one of the highlights of the day, of the season for me. They were fully on board, especially my mother. My mother is just, she loves food. She loves cooking. She loves uh, experimenting with new flavors and new things. So she certainly took on that challenge. And uh, uh, apart from the traditional turkey and ham, which we usually have every Christmas, along with incredible amounts of vegetables and mashed potato, roast potato, gravy, stuffing, all, all the beautiful, savory dishes that we prepare... I had a nut roast. I think I went with my mother to Navin, the big town near where I lived at the time. I looked up the ingredients for a lentil nut roast, something along those lines, bought all these ingredients, cooked it with my mother the day before and heated it up again on the day in the oven and it was delicious. And there was no exclusion whatsoever. So aside from not harming any animals or your lower carbon footprint, there was this new dynamic to our whole Christmas dinner that's the reason I tell this story because it didn't convert anybody overnight. My parents are vegan these days, but that this was ten years ago. But for Christmas, we always we would usually have family members down. So my grandfather, may he rest in peace, he was he came down every Christmas at the time. My grandmother on the other side also came down for dinner. Sometimes you would have aunts and uncles joining you, or certainly there was the six of us in our immediate family. And suddenly they're helping themselves to their turkey and their ham and everything else, and they're enjoying it. But they see me eating a, a lovely-looking, wholesome, hearty, delicious main centerpiece of the meal too. And there was no you know salad or boring something or other that they expect. Oh, well, <laughs> Stephen's vegetarian and, you know, I get it, that's fine, but I like my... There was no loss and you have a captive audience on the day. You have all these people gathered around the table and especially for me, it, it it's... My philosophy, with my approach to vegetarian and now veganism in general, that I'm not one to criticise. I'm not one to throw a fuss and make sure, try and make it, make everybody have a meatless Christmas, because that wasn't going to happen. But the fact that we were all gathered around a table, swapping stories, arguing, you know, laughing, but whatever our our mood was on the day, there I was eating something lovely. And as I said earlier, with uh, fitness and the of like, planting a seed in someone's mind, which may sprout at a later date. These days, in the Netherlands especially, the supermarkets have just been incredible. But in most places in Europe, and I'd say in America, in most modern places now, every supermarket, every major store, and if not the major stores, and certainly the health food stores, have an abundance of Christmas and seasonal foods to enjoy. For an Irish Christmas, there, there are vegan mince pies in a lot of stores now, and you can make them yourself. The happy pair have a great mince pie recipe, which I made. So, you can buy everything if you need to. If, if cooking is not your thing, if you don't have the time, there's, there's selection boxes, which is a big Christmas tradition in Ireland as well. You can get vegan selection boxes. So, there's vegan, sweet, and savory treats for everyone to enjoy. And and that doesn't mean they have to sit down and be deprived, in air quotes that I'm doing, you can't see on a podcast. They don't, they're not deprived of their turkey dinner at Christmas time. Fine, you can do that. But around that, you can suddenly see, oh, there's a lot of ways to enjoy a delicious healthy or otherwise but festive season full of goodness full of goodies that are cruelty free that are better for the planet and all of those good things. I hope you can't hear that in the background but it's really coming down now the rain is pouring so I hope that doesn't come across too much. Certainly makes for a nice atmosphere in here for me though. And none of this will be any news to anyone who knows me well or who has listened to the podcast previously. That's my that's my approach to veganism in general and Whether it converts people or not, that's not why I'm doing it. I want to show you can live a happy, healthy, delicious life without criticism, without any antagonism, without struggle or stress about what everyone else is doing at around the Christmas table. I can understand if you're new to this, if you've seen some documentary uh, about what's the animal suffering and you're very passionate about it and seeing a dead animal being sliced up on the plate. I get that. I've had those moods and those times when I'm a a bit more militant about it but it's not my personality so it's not what i tend to do anyway i just don't see the benefit in being the the moody teenager for for to use the cliche or the aggressive like antagonistic vegetarian or vegan who tries to make everybody feel bad because that's just to me that's counterproductive you're going to make yourself feel bad and everyone else is just going to isolate you and say oh well that's of course he's just weird he's just going through a phase or whereas my approach and the the approach of many of course and what i really think works better for the animals in the long term anyway so everybody wins is to include everyone and make it positive and make it just nice you know every everybody wants to be nice everyone wants to share love and affection and be included and if you can do that slowly with generosity with patience and understanding and that way if anybody comes to you Stephen what are you eating there and how, how did you make that and what can I try a bit and then they say oh this is rather lovely I can be full and satisfied for my big Christmas dinner without the turkey next year perhaps who knows it's certainly worth a go and as I said both my parents are vegan now so it's it has worked to a certain extent my brothers aren't vegan but they probably never will be but they know there, the any of the cliches that they had about health, about del- like delicious food, uh, any of that is certainly out the window because they've seen me and my parents doing it for years now. So to summarize a lot of my rambling, which truth be told could have been a five minute podcast about these few points that I have up, shop local, get your gifts, get your treats, get your Christmas purchases from your local area, from your neighbors, people who are at the local markets, even if it's online when you can't do face to face a lot these days depending on where you are in the world support the things that you want to see survive through this horrible time especially around christmas if you're giving gifts make them positive make them a gift that will make a change in a family or in an individual or in a community who knows and if none of that is possible don't don't give gifts for the sake of it don't just buy a thing that gets unwrapped and forgotten about because it's a waste of plastic it's a waste of every everyone's time and money Instead, support a local charity, support a cause that you know that person would be appreciative of. My grandmother to this day still mentions the fact that I gave her a 20 euro um, ornament, like a Christmas tree ornament that I got from Oxfam. And I, I, she's a wonderful, charitable human being who always cares about doing better in the world. And I knew this would be perfect for her. And that was 10 years ago. And she, every Christmas she'll mention this as being such a thoughtful gift. So, you might surprise yourself. You might surprise those around you. You never know. And then finally, try more vegan this Christmas. That's it. it be better for you, better for the animals, better for the planet. And if you are already vegetarian or vegan, and you're a bit miffed, and you're you're seeing everyone else not changing, and seemingly perhaps not caring about it, I doubt that's the case. Kill them with kindness. Make something yourself. Make those vegan mince pies that I talked about from the happy pair. Google vegetarian Christmas recipes. Everyone loves food. Everyone loves home cooking, home baking. If someone came into the smell of mince pies in the oven right now, they wouldn't ask about protein or whether it had milk in it or not. They would see this warm baked Christmas treat and you can share them with everybody whether they know it's vegan or not and you will win them over. So whether you have the capacity to do any or all of these things or none at all, I really appreciate you listening and I really hope that Christmas is, as it should be in my opinion for you this year, it's full of love and giving and charity and kindness and warmth and yummy food and drinks and regardless of what's going on in this awful year, I really hope that there's some people there in your life that will give you love and that you can return it and genuinely, I know it's all cliche but I wish you the happiest, healthiest, merriest Christmas. We'll see what 2021 brings. There's a vaccination on the way. I really hope everybody gets it. But regardless, there seems to be some light at the end of the tunnel. We're getting through this together. And I hope this time of year can be a source of joy for you. I do thank you very much for listening. As always, it's incredible that people want to hear what I have to say. I'm forever grateful. If you want me to be even more great, you can find me on Google, on Spotify, on all your podcast catchers. The website is stevenrunsvegan.podbean.com. Links are all going to be below. If you could in any way share this with people you think might enjoy it, subscribe to the podcast, download it, leave a review, share it. As I said, again, that would be awesome. And I'll leave you there, guys. Thank you so much. Very happy Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays if you are not following any religious festival at all. I just hope you have a lovely time this year. And I'll be back next Thursday with a new podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Take care of yourselves and each other. Bye bye.